Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Beyond the Pearls podcast, based on the Morning Report series from Elsevier. This podcast has been adapted for audio in collaboration with series editor Dr. Raj Dasgupta, as well as the volume editor for each book. Each episode features an in-depth case dissection format and aims to deliver practical, concise, and easy-to-digest information. And now, here's today's episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Beyond the Pearls podcast. My name is Katie Cho, a third-year psychiatry resident at the Kirk Kerkorian School of Medicine at University of Nevada, Las Vegas. Today, we will be discussing a case on generalized anxiety disorder, which would be found on Chapter 6, page 41 of Psychiatry Morning Report. Let's begin. A previously healthy 18-year-old female who is in her first year of college presents to your office with the complaint of, quote, I'm having difficulty controlling my nerves. She describes worrying over, quote, every little thing, which has become worse over the past eight months. She feels this way on more days than not and generally feels, quote, on edge, irritable and unable to concentrate. Sometimes she experiences palpitations, tightness in her chest and muscle tension. She has difficulty falling asleep on most nights because she cannot, quote, turn off her brain due to thinking about various things in her life. This causes her to not get enough sleep at night, and she feels tired all the time. She is concerned because the excessive worrying is affecting her ability to get her classwork done and keeps her from spending time with her friends. She tells you that she smokes marijuana a few nights each month, to help with the anxiety and insomnia, but adds that it sometimes makes her feel worse. She also drinks two or three alcoholic beverages on weekends with friends, but she has not been out in several weeks. She does not use any other substances and is not taking any over-the-counter or prescribed medications. She has never had anxiety this severe and is worried it will get worse. What would be the first thing you would want to know to help narrow the differential diagnosis? This patient is experiencing symptoms of anxiety. Generally, having anxiety symptoms in response to some stressor is normal, and in some cases, necessary for survival. For example, becoming anxious when walking down a dark alley is normal, because you become more aware of your surroundings. Anxiety becomes problematic, or a quote, disorder, when the anxiety symptoms are severe enough to interfere with the ability to function normally in life. Anxiety disorders typically include both emotional and physical symptoms. Also, many different substances and medical conditions can cause symptoms of anxiety. 
Because of this, it is important to make sure medical causes are ruled out first. Common non-psychiatric causes of anxiety symptoms include but are not limited to asthma, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease or COPD, congestive heart failure or CHF, ischemic heart disease, arrhythmias, hyperthyroidism, hypoglycemia, carcinoid tumors, pheochromocytoma, menopause, over-the-counter and prescribed medications, and substance intoxication and or withdrawal. After obtaining a thorough history, what tests, if any, do you need to order to rule out medical causes of anxiety in this patient? Although no laboratory test is required to diagnose a patient with anxiety disorder, a medical workup should be done to ensure that the patient does not have any physical explanation for their symptoms. Diagnosing a person with an anxiety disorder is a diagnosis of exclusion, meaning that every other possible explanation must be ruled out before an anxiety disorder is made. The laboratory tests you decide to order will be guided by the reported symptoms and any abnormalities found during the physical examination. The following are the first laboratory tests you should consider ordering. Thyroid function tests, which include TSH, free thyroxine, or T4, and triiodothyronine, or T3. Hyperthyroidism can cause symptoms of anxiety because of the overproduction of the thyroid hormones. There would be other symptoms described by the patient or found on physical examination, including heat intolerance, increased appetite with weight loss, tachycardia, palpitations, and tremors. The patient may also complain of hyperactivity, mood swings, insomnia, and difficulty concentrating. Laboratory results would reveal decreased TSH and elevated free T4 and possibly elevated T3. Another blood test would be blood glucose testing. Hypoglycemia, or blood glucose levels less than 50, can cause symptoms of anxiety along with tremors, palpitations, syncope, and fatigue. Another important test would be urine drug screen or blood alcohol level. Intoxication with stimulants such as an amphetamine, methamphetamine, cocaine, and MDMA can cause anxiety symptoms. Marijuana use can worsen anxiety symptoms. Withdrawal from benzodiazepines and alcohol can cause symptoms of anxiety. Testing for these substances is very important. Also, be sure to ask about caffeine intake because excessive caffeine use can cause significant anxiety symptoms as well. What other laboratory tests do you want to order? Other laboratory tests are not likely to contribute any significant information when trying to rule out the medical causes of anxiety. For example, ordering catecholamine, such as dopamine, epinephrine, nor epinephrine levels, to rule out a pheochromocytoma should be reserved for patients with a family history of endocrine disorders or tumors or with severe episodic headaches and hypertension along with the anxiety symptoms. Again, let the history and physical guide which tests to order. Anxiety disorders commonly co-occur with other psychiatric disorders. When evaluating a patient with anxiety symptoms, be sure to evaluate for symptoms of depression, suicidal ideation, specific fears or phobias, obsessions or compulsions, panic attacks, and substance abuse. Let's go back to the patient. On examination, patient's temperature is 37 degrees Celsius or 98.6 degrees Fahrenheit. Their pulse is 110 beats per minute. Blood pressure is 117 over 76. 
Respiratory rate is 14, and oxygen saturation is 100% on room air. She is calm and cooperative throughout the interview. However, she rapidly taps her foot on the floor and shifts her positions to several times. She is oriented to person, place, time, and situation. Auscultation of the heart reveals tachycardia, but no other abnormalities. Laboratory workup includes complete blood count, or CBC, comprehensive metabolic panel, or CMP, and thyroid function tests. These are all within normal limits. Urine drug screen is negative. So, based on the information from the physical and laboratory workup, how has the differential changed? Besides having some mild tachycardia, the patient's workup is negative for any medical causes of her anxiety. Her thyroid is not hyperactive, her blood glucose is normal, and despite telling you that she smokes marijuana a few times a month, her urine drug screen is negative. Also, she denies having any alcoholic beverage for several weeks. Therefore, her anxiety appears to be due to a psychiatric illness or anxiety disorder. If you believe the patient has a psychiatric disorder, what information do you need to know that would help you correctly diagnose the patient's condition? There are several different types of anxiety disorders that are possible in a person with anxiety symptoms. Because many anxiety disorders co-occur with one another, it may be difficult to choose one diagnosis for your patient. As with most psychiatric diagnosis, obtaining a thorough history is imperative to proper diagnosis and treatment of each patient. There are a multitude of common DSM anxiety disorders that are experienced in adults. These include specific phobia, social anxiety disorder, panic disorder, agoraphobia, generalized anxiety disorder, substance-induced or medication-induced anxiety disorder, or anxiety disorder due to another medical condition. Because anxiety symptoms can be present in any of these anxiety disorders, paying careful attention to the specific details of what symptoms the patient has and what triggers the symptoms is important. For example, with social anxiety disorder, one typically becomes anxious when faced with social situations, such as public speaking or meeting new people, or even eating and drinking in front of others. This disorder is in contrast to panic disorder, which manifests as recurrent but unexpected episodes of intense anxiety with subsequent physical symptoms such as palpitations, sweating, shaking, shortness of breath, chest pain, dizziness, or numbness or tingling. Considering the different anxiety disorders typically experienced in adults, what is the most likely diagnosis in this patient? This patient has experienced symptoms of excessive worry about common stressors on most days for at least six months. She also has fatigue, difficulty concentrating, irritability, and insomnia. These symptoms are affecting her ability to function at school and socially. She does not have any abnormalities on physical examination, except for some mild tachycardia and psychomotor restlessness. Even though she uses marijuana and alcohol occasionally, her drug screen is negative. All other laboratory results are within normal limits. Based on careful consideration of all anxiety disorders in the Diagnostic and St Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, or DSM-5, her symptoms appear most likely caused by generalized anxiety disorder. Returning to the case. 
Because of the specific symptoms experienced by the patient and the duration of those symptoms, she is diagnosed with Generalized Anxiety Disorder, or GAD. She is treated in the outpatient setting with both medication and psychotherapy. Two quick screening tools for Generalized Anxiety Disorder are the Generalized Anxiety Disorder 2 item and the Generalized Anxiety Disorder 7 item. GAD2 or GAD7 is a common name. They contain questions relating to the symptoms of GAD. The responses are in regard to symptoms occurring within the past two weeks. The patient themselves will respond to questions by circling a number from zero to three, ranging from quote, not at all to quote, nearly every day. The responses are then totaled and a predetermined cutoff score determines the severity of the anxiety symptoms. What are the treatment options in a patient with generalized anxiety disorder? Treatment for generalized anxiety disorder is basically the same for most anxiety disorders, excluding specific phobias. Treatment for anxiety disorders include two major categories, psychotherapy and medication. The most effective psychotherapy modality used to treat GAD is cognitive behavioral therapy or CBT. Research has shown that CBT has a major effect on worrying and anxiety symptoms in general. Also, CBT has been shown to have longer-lasting effects for those with GAD even after treatment has ended, preventing the relapse of symptoms in the chronic disease. Other forms of therapy used to treat GAD are applied relaxation, mindfulness, and psychodynamic psychotherapy. The first class of medications used to treat GAD and other anxiety disorders is antidepressants. These are actually first-line. The specific class of antidepressants that are generally tried first are selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors or SSRIs. However, of the four antidepressants with FDA approval to treat GAD, only two of them are SSRIs, aka paroxetine and escitalopram. The other two FDA-approved medications for GAD are venlafaxine and duloxetine both of which are serotonin norepinephrine reuptake inhibitors, or SNRIs. Another medication particularly helpful in the treatment of GAD is busporone, which binds to serotonin and dopamine receptors. Beta blockers, particularly low-dose propranolol and the antihistamine hydroxyzine, are also useful anxiolytic medications. Returning to our patient, the patient decides along with her primary care doctor to take escitalopram and find a therapist to do weekly CBT sessions. At the four-week follow-up appointment with her doctor, she reports that her worrying has decreased and that her sleep has improved significantly. She feels that the combination of the medication and the therapy are helping. However, she feels that she could benefit from more of the medication. The escitalopram dose is then increased and she continues with her weekly CBT sessions. She will continue to have close follow-up appointments to evaluate the effectiveness of the treatment until her symptoms resolve. Now let's get into some pearls. Uncontrollable worrying about everyday concerns is one major characteristic of GAD. Other anxiety disorders usually have a specific trigger or specific issue that causes the worry. GAD is a chronic medical condition in which symptoms wax and wane. Therefore, a patient may be doing well with treatment, then symptoms may worsen. Patients should remain in active treatment until symptoms are completely resolved and daily functioning has improved to pre-diagnosis levels. This causes problems for some patients because it can take a long time to accomplish. 
Many healthcare providers do not adequately recognize the symptoms of GAD. This leads to a delay in the treatment, which can worsen the prognosis of this chronic disease. One of the reasons for this delay in recognition is the fact that GAD is usually co-occurring with other psychiatric diagnoses, which may overshadow the symptoms of GAD. As with all anxiety disorders, benzodiazepines should be avoided. If they are used, they should be prescribed only for brief periods of time and never long-term. As a general rule, patients with anxiety disorders may require higher doses of antidepressants to obtain remission of symptoms compared with those with major depressive disorder. The Hamilton Anxiety Rating Scale, or HAM-A, is used in research to determine the effectiveness of treatment for anxiety symptoms. This scale also can be used in the office to track improvement in anxiety symptoms over time. Now for our final pearl. Most patients with anxiety symptoms will present to the primary care doctor for treatment of physical symptoms. It is often the most common mental health complaint patients will present with. Referral to a psychiatrist should occur when there is a poor response to treatment, an unusual presentation of symptoms, or a severe psychiatric comorbid illness such as suicidal ideation or intent, a personality disorder, or a substance use disorder. And with that, we will conclude our case discussion for today. If you would like to review the case yourself or review any of the clinical pearls, please refer to Chapter 6 of the Psychiatry Morning Report book. Thank you for joining me in the discussion. Again, I am Katie Cho. Until next time. Thank you for listening to the Beyond the Pearls podcast from Inside the Boards. This podcast is executive produced by Christopher Brightigan and Dr. Patrick Beeman. This podcast is intended for educational purposes only and is not medical advice. Ars longa, vita brevis.